For the month of November, the Fire and Water Podcast Network is sponsored by the wonderful all-ages graphic novel, The Only Living Girl. From David Gallagher and Steve Ellis, the award-winning team that brought you The Only Living Boy, comes this thrilling new action-adventure series, The Only Living Girl. Hi, my name is Andra. People call me Z. I was a normal girl. I loved science, my bear, and my dad. One day, tragedy struck. But that wasn't the end of my story. I awoke in a patchwork world filled with mermaid warriors, insect princesses, robots. A world created by my dad, who had become a mad scientist. Now I'm stuck in a world that doesn't trust me in a conflict with my father's creations. Luckily, I still have my friend Eric and my bear. I am the only living girl. The Only Living Girl, Volume 1, The Island at the Edge of Infinity is available now in both hardcover and paperback from Paper Cuts. Hey, hi, uh, I am Richard Donner, but you can call me Dick, and you're listening to Superman Movie Minute? Is that right? Did I do it right? Another thrill-packed episode of Superman 2 Movie Minute, the show that scrutinizes, analyzes, and you'll believe a man can flies is 1980s Superman 2, five minutes at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Franklin, and joining me as always on this journey through time and space is... Rob Kelly. Hey, Rob. We've got some exciting moments here. I, I, you know, Superman's in a real pickle. I don't know how he's going to get out of it. I don't either. <laughs> But uh, I will say, though, just to give you a little preview, uh, the spoiler warning here, folks, we're covering minutes 110 through 115. This begins with Zod laying down the rules to Superman and ends with Superman and Lois flying back to Metropolis. So hmm. obviously a lot happens in this in this segment. <laughs> this is, a, this is, a, this is a, a packed five minutes. It, it is. It is. So let's get into it. Uh, so now that Zod has the advantage again. Thanks to his stooges threatening Lois, he presses that advantage and he tells Superman any further acts of defiance will result in the death of innocence. Uh, he says the son of Jor-El will be his slave forever. And I don't know about you, Rob, but I like how Zod is putting legally binding uh, you know, language into his ultimatum contract right here. He leaves nothing to chance. I think he might have been a lawyer on Krypton. Yeah, I love Terrence Stamp's little read on that where he's like, uh, the son of Jor-El will be my slave. Forever, and he and he actually even turns around to like make the point, which I really like. And I also like that he keeps referring to Superman as the son of Jor-El, which I really think is a nice little character beat. That it's like 
it's Zod is exact. He doesn't really even care that much about Superman. He's just happy to be exacting revenge on his jailer. So you keeps reminding him, you're the son of Jor-El. Like you're, you're suffering because of what your father did, which I think is a nice little detail. Yeah, it, it is. And it definitely, of course, it brings back all the whole, the, the, the father and the son connection mm-hmm. from the first film, even though Marlon Brando is nowhere to be seen in this right, one. Right. Uh, but yeah, it emphasizes that again. Yeah. He never, he, he, when he refers to him as, he could, this Superman, you know, that's, yeah. it, I mean, but yeah, he is, he's not Kal-El, which I don't even know if he knows his name, but he's, he's just the son of Jor-El. That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Lex reenters the scene and Zod says they have no more use for him and orders him killed. Uh, the reaction shot from Lex to me has one of the most perplexing moments of the film. Why is non Pointing at Lex. I don't know. I never noticed that until now. But yeah, Nan is like, Zon's like, you talking about Nan's like, you talking about him? Like, like, <laughs> how dumb is Nan? Yeah, I, I, I have no idea why he's standing there pointing at Lex Luthor. Yeah, I mean, you get this reaction shot of Hackman, but Jack O'Halloran's off to his side, and he's like pointing right at him. He's got, and then he folds his arms back, and it's like that had to be some kind of leftover bit that they were going to do in the Donner cut that they didn't do in the Lester cut because, of course, you know, if it's got Hackman in the scene, then Donner shot it. Yeah, uh, is it like so, a finger laser thing? Is he about to, like, <laughs> beam him with his finger laser? I don't know. It's it's weird. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, but it's 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 really strange. It's a, it's a weird little blink-and-you'll-miss-it continuity glitch that does – I mean, I guess he could seriously, like you said, be like him. You want me to kill him? Yeah. Or do you want me to kill this son of Jor-El guy? You yeah. know, but – but uh, yeah, it's yeah. So now the <laughs> the next scene is one of those bits in movies where things happen to advance the plot, even though in a lot of ways it doesn't make any sense. Because Lex starts complaining that he gave them Superman, and after Zod does a little slide down the ice, Non shoves him towards Superman. Then everyone just stands around yeah. as if they were in a play, and the lights were going to go like away from them and onto Superman and Lex. And allows Superman and Lex to have a secret exchange. So if you think about this too hard, it just doesn't really work. Also, I would think um, with, uh, oh, I don't know, super hearing, uh, (laughs) you could pick up what these guys are saying. But, yeah, it doesn't – you're right. It is very play-like in that it's like if if they could, the background would dim and it would just be uh, Christopher Reeve and Gene Hackman talking. But, yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense as to why Zod would even allow this. Why wouldn't it just kill – Luthor right then and there. It doesn't, yeah. But, you know, you're right. It, you just have to kind of go with it, and the, the, that's when they hatch their their secret plan. Right, right. So, yeah, Lex is trying to butter up Superman, telling him he's always, he always knew where he stood with him. He always tells the truth, uh, which is ironic considering what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Superman, in front of three Kryptonians, like you said, who have the same powers as him, whispers to Lex about trying to lure them into the molecule chamber, which he explains will take away their powers. Zod, perhaps feeling like they've had enough time to plot against him, walks up and Superman shushes Lex. But it's no good because Lex spills the beans about the molecule chamber and we get another great super slur toward Lex. Luthor, you poisonous snake. That's great. Uh, Yeah. I I, I still don't think it's better than disease maniac myself, 
but I do like this one. You know, that's good. he's so mad. He's really playing. I mean, Superman's really doing a good performance here for everybody. I love that he's he looks genuinely mad. I think I can remember being nine years old and seeing this movie and. You know, really, this ending worked on me. I was like, oh, no, like Superman's been double crossed by Luthor again. I was like, I didn't, you know, I didn't think it through. And I also liked that there's a, a brief interstitial shot of Lois uh, still uh, in the grips of Ursa. And I liked that her face is like beet red. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's almost like like because she's probably her oxygen is being slightly cut off. By Ursa's grip, and I like that. It just looks like Lois looks absolutely awful. She's crying, her cheeks are flushed, like she's just she just looks terrible. And I like all that because she's you know she doesn't know what's going on. So uh, yeah, it's a great it's a great no when you, when you know what's coming. It's this all fits together really quite well because like Superman just plays it to the hell. He just really you thought like poison a snake. He's so mad. yeah. <laughs> you can almost imagine he spits when he yeah. says it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, then Zod compliments Lex on a job well done. Mm-hmm. That can't be easy. You know, that right. can't come easy. <laughs> he even, even kind of goes where he's like, Lex Luthor, rule of all Australia. Activate the – like he's even kind of like going in with Lex a little bit of, oh, okay, I'm going to leave you be ruler of Australia. And, and it is sort of funny though, the, just to step back a little bit. I love the Superman's plan. He's like, try to get them all into this molecule chamber. Luthor can't figure out that that's a really bad – plan how are you going to cram all three of them into that little molecule chamber hey, can you guys all fit in there i'm seeing if i can set a record a guinness record of how many people i can uh, cram in a uh, in a molecule chamber uh, let's see if we can do that come on guys before you kill it's like, me it's like the old shove them in everybody in a phone booth yeah exactly, people exactly. <laughs> yeah that's a good point yeah so lex uh tells him that yeah the crystals operate the machine and uh you had to kind of wonder, how does Lex know that it operates that machine? I mean, yeah, he knows it turns on the tree poem and the Valera <laughs> hologram, but does it does it really, you know, does it operate everything? But, you know, that's okay. So, yeah, uh, yeah Zod, you know, uh, like you said, he, he addresses him as a ruler of Australia. It tells him to activate the machine, and uh, Non flies him up to the controls, and he turns the machine on. A seemingly defeated Superman Slowly walks into the chamber, and like you said, poor Lois is just crying. I mean, there's these shots of Margot Kidder with just tears running down her face. And Ursa, she's, you know, of course, this fits right in with Ursa's character. Uh, You know, she's got her hand around her throat the entire time. She doesn't let her let up for a second while all this is going on, no matter what's going on. So Superman walks in, the chamber closes. As Superman reacts in pain, the rest of the fortress glows red like the Krypton sun. Mm. Non and Lex look around a bit puzzled, but Zod and Ursa are digging the moment of their enemy's defeat. But, uh, hey, Rob, does this process seem different than what we watched before? I mean, where's the gross-out muscle rebuilding? Where's Superman's gap close when he comes out of the chamber? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, none of the villains seem to experience any sort of pain. Or, or discomfort, even though we saw Superman go through that, where he was, it seemed like the way they were suggesting that he was literally like stripped down and rebuilt back up without his powers. So yeah, this is a little bit of a cheat in that that none of the three villains seem to sense anything that's going on. But you know, this is the mysteries of the Fortress of Solitude. Uh, maybe Superman was able to re- recalibrate it in a way that it doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, maybe there was a less painful setting. He's like, "Really, Dad? You set it on that? You know, the pain setting? Come right, on!" Right. Yes. <laughs> so now here's a question for you: If those three 
had been changed like Superman had, what clothes would they have come out wearing? <laughs> well, okay. I mean, you, you, I wasn't prepared for this question. This is going to be off the top of my head. Ursa, completely dominatrix gear. No doubt about it. She would be dressed mm-hmm. like Ilsa She Wolf for the SS kind of thing because that's her. Yeah. That's her thing. Uh, yeah. Non, I don't. I think Non would just be in like I don't know, like a robe or something, just something simple, like very basic. Almost, well, maybe like a loincloth, like a Conan the Barbarian thing. And Zod, I think, would probably also be in some sort of military gear. Like he would. That would be his mm-hmm. fantasy gear where he would be. I mean, actually, kind of like how he's dressed in the uh, Phantom Zone uh, miniseries that DC did, because the Zod yeah. in that thing is, he's dressed like a, a Soviet general. So, yeah. uh, I almost feel like that's what the, you know, it, I mean, I'm guessing that your clothes are somewhat manifest of, like, your thoughts, which is why Superman is in the Gap outfit, because he's, like, a normal guy or something, but that's how I see it. I, I think I said, I think Ursa, specifically, would have, like, a whip and, like, you know, something like that. She would be all into that. I'm seeing I, I, Ursa. That's that's could definitely be, or she could be in the outfit Sarah Douglas had on in the Superman Two Treasury Edition. Could uh, be that the, too. Maybe the, just because I want to see that. Yeah, the un, the unzipped jumpsuit. You yep, know, yep. Uh, or maybe the sweater with no pants. Uh, <laughs> it's a little chilly in the, the chilly up in the fortress, but okay. I see uh, non in a pair of bibbed overalls and no shirt. Uh, <laughs> And I see Zod in the outfit that Terrence Stamp had on in the picture in the Superman 2 with the ascot. Oh, and okay. It's, 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 All right. Okay. <laughs> the art critic Zod. You All know, right. that's that, – I don't know. I don't know. I just think it's fun. <laughs> I just think it's fun think to think the, of them coming out like that. <laughs> I think the overalls and no shirt is – that's probably exactly right. By the way, you notice of the three of them, he's the only one that seems to notice the lights. Right. Zod is too busy and Ursa is too busy, as you said. Nan is looks up and he just kind of like rolls his eyes like, what's what's going on out here? But then he's like, all right, whatever. But I, I like that the dumb guy is the one that notices. Right. <laughs> uh, hunched over, Superman walks out of the chamber as Zod beckons to him. He breathes deeply and walks to his new master. Zod, who has been working – Zod, who has to be working a chub, honestly, uh, orgasmically says – so excited. Yeah, he is. He says – and now, finally, as he motions Superman to kneel, which he does, Superman kneels before Zod. This is bad news, Rob. It is. It is. <laughs> this features this moment, which you're about to get. I'll let you. This is your episode, so I'll let you describe it. But this moment leads to, in my mind, one of the greatest sound effects in the history of cinema. Oh, yeah, it does. Most definitely, yeah. Uh, Zod is almost at climax here. Holding out his hand, he tells <laughs> Superman to take my hand and pledge eternal loyalty. To Zod. Superman sighs in resignation, reaches for Zod's hand, and squeezes it. (laughs) Squeezes it some more. And squeezes it harder as Zod begins to howl in pain. And the bones in his hand turn to dust with a sickening, cracking sound. (laughs) So good. I love that sound so much. To me, I would – I mean, it's not as iconic as these other ones, but I would put this in a league with uh, the Raiders – like Indiana Jones punching somebody. You know, that Mm -hmm. whack. Uh, yeah. And the like, uh, like, like maybe the sound of the lightsabers, or maybe the sounds of a of an X wing firing. Like to mm-hmm. me, that sound is so good. You just know that every single bone in Zod's in Zod's hand, as you say, has now turned to dust. It is yeah. so good. And I think that they do that with cracking lettuce. I thought I heard that, that they, or, or not lettuce, celery. They take celery oh, okay. and they crack it. So, I mean, there was probably some guy over in England who spent the day just going crunch, 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 crunch with all this celery. So, I yeah. oh, that moment is so good. I know when Peter Cushing cuts into a, 
into a skull in a movie, uh, it's usually he's cutting into a cabbage. Mm. Uh, they they figured that out that that makes the right sound. So okay. yeah, it could very well be celery. So yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the trumpets of the Superman theme swell, and the Man of Steel rises while picking up Zod with one hand and gives him a nice little aha smile <laughs> as he kind of is like mm, no no and hurls him across the fortress where he hits a wall and slides into the icy canyon below. It's fantastic. This is a great moment. This is we've all been waiting for this since the first minutes of the first film, actually. Basically, yeah. For, yeah, for Zod to to get his. So yeah, it's it's fantastic. I mean, it's after all we've been through in this movie, it's a perfect it's a perfect moment to to put Zod in his place finally and get Superman back on top. It's did you, awesome. Did you notice that when Superman lifts Zod, he's got a really pretty severe pit stain going on on his costume? No, I never noticed that. He does. He's, I, I looked at I was like, am I seeing what I see? Yeah. So Superman's sweating it a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, you know, what are you going to do? But, I mean, yeah, it is – I love the nod, the little nod of, like, just that extra, you got me, but I got you. That is just the best ever. And then he's got that little smile, and then yep. he throws Zod into the thing, and that's, that's it. Zod just falls into the snow and never seen again, which is really fantastic. Uh, I it is I again I remember being nine years old and when that moment happened I just uh, people we just went the kids went ape shit we were just popcorn flying it was it's such a great great denouement to that scene yeah I I, I just I just I want to be in that theater that you were in with mm-hmm. these kids that are just freaking out over this movie that sounds great. like so much fun that I love it so good That's, <laughs> non tries to attack Superman takes off to fly and falls right off the ledge into the canyon as well so. Now Nan's gone. Uh, so, yeah, he, he, couldn't, he couldn't fly, unfortunately, and he didn't, you know, poor guy. He, he gets this wonderful, look on it, you know, <laughs> makes that sound as he falls. So uh, then Lex gives us some exposition. He figures it out, and he says how Superman switched the chamber's powers, protecting himself in the chamber while the villains were robbed of their powers in the open. But, you know, again, they didn't experience the pain and all that stuff. But, you know, we already talked about that. So did you notice that? Superman just nods his head. They, they they go from the shot right on Hackman to one like over his shoulder where you see Superman and then you see um, Lois and Ursa because you're getting ready to get the, the scene with uh, Lois and Ursa. But Superman's just standing there nodding his head at Lex. I thought I never really noticed that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like, that's right. I did that. That's me. <laughs> you know, <it's> just... <laughs> He's really feeling his oats right now, yeah. Superman. Oh, hey, how, could you, how, could, how could you not feel really great about yourself at this point? Yeah, he's like, I, I went through a lot, but here I am. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So apparently Ursa is just dumbfounded during all this because she's just standing there. Uh, Lois turns around and gets in a zinger. You know something? You're a real pain in the neck. And then decks her in the face, also knocking her into the canyon. She hit her so hard, she moved forward in time as Margot goes from Donner cut to Lester cut instantaneously. <laughs> so. That's a hell of a punch. Yeah. That's Superboy Prime punch level. Kind of oh, level. good Lord. No, no. <laughs> uh, Lois runs over and hugs a very impressed Superman, then gives Lex the, who then gives Lex the riot act for betraying him as he knew he would. He call, And he calls him a lying weasel this time, which is another good one. So. <laughs> I love the, uh, I love when uh, Lois puts her hand on her hip. Very saucy. Kind of like a, huh. And she's like, I'm with my guy. You know, like she's very yeah. proud of him at that moment. It's very sweet. Yeah, it's like we won. Yeah, yep, it's like yep, yep. you thought you thought you guys were going to win, but we won. Mm-hmm, so there, mm-hmm. you know that type. 
Of course, Lex Fane's being on, in on the con the whole time. With the Phantom Zoners gone, now he's back to sucking up to Superman full-time, which I, I think is wonderful. And I love the little, you know, Lex just gets that all excited and even does it. Did you see what he did? And claps and all yeah. that. And that's just great. And then they Superman into gets our trap. Into our trap, yeah. So, uh, man, Lex could – oh, man, he is he, – he's just he, – he's the world's uh, best salesman. I mean, just – or he try, thinks he is anyway. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's he smells snake oil to I don't know what. Yeah, I can't even <laughs> think right now. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. I love that Superman's like too late, Luthor. Too, too late. late. <laughs> yeah, it's just he's like he, like kind of like he said before. Just it's like you know I like how Superman just you know the way he talks to Lex. He's like he didn't talk to anybody else really like that. It's just you know with Lex, it's like you know even though they've really only had two encounters before at this point, that's. You still get that whole the history of the characters from the comics between them to yep. a point, you know. Yep. So I, I like that, yeah. So Lex approaches Superman. He's trying to, you know, suck up to him. Superman's rolling his eyes, which I think's funny. He looks at Lois and rolls his eyes up in his head, and you know, and shakes his head. And Lex asks him, since they're at the North Pole, they should wipe the slate clean. And then this is where things get kind of weird or sloppy or rushed with the editing uh, in this film, um, depending on how you look at it. So we see the exterior of the fortress and tiny figures of Superman and Lois flying away. There's no Lex. Right. There's no Phantom Zone villains. Now, there are other versions of this film, other cuts that show police vehicles at the fortress, <laughs> presumably picking up Lex and perhaps maybe the Phantom Zone villains too. And, you know, but you have to ask, as this is shown, did he leave Lex at the fortress? Did he leave the Phantom Zoners at the fortress? Did he leave them to die? I mean, what do you think? As a kid, I always assumed that the Phantom Zone villains die. That they just okay. fall, they they have no powers, and they fall into the icy snow and they die. Which is why I have to say, for as much as I bitched and moaned about Man of Steel, uh, I have to I have to be you know try and be intellectually honest and say I was very bothered by that moment where he snapped Zod's neck because I thought it was too grim. But I was totally okay with Superman just letting three Phantom Zone villains die, uh, freeze to death uh, in Superman Two, and that's because as you phrase you've used, it was grandfathered in. You know, it was right. like you were you this this already existed before the massive fandom before these movie you know before these characters started appearing in live action left and right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he really does allow them. I always took it that they died. Now, if you really want to be compliment, you really want to be um, go out of your way to to make an excuse. You could say, you know what, he probably dug them out of the snow and put them in jail somewhere, and there they're going to stay. Like he he didn't just leave them to die. But you don't see that. And no. as a child, I always took it that they died. That's always – and I was okay with that. I was okay with Superman allowing those three to die because it's like, well, but they're monsters. I mean, what do you expect? So – but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, Luthor – I never even thought about that you don't see Luthor in that little – the little shot. I just never thought about it. I was like, well, yeah, you kind of don't see him, but whatever. Uh, I was always distracted by the fact that I have seen at least three different versions of this scene with different ADR. Because um, mm. on on the version that we're watching, the sort of the main version of the movie, you hear Luthor say, "I promise to turn over a whole new leaf." So there's yeah. that. There's another version. I'm, I'm blanking on what it is exactly, but then there's a third one 
that I heard on television where he says to Superman, why don't we go into – why don't you become a boxer and I'll be, become your manager. You'll be called Kid Superman. Yeah. And I remember that very distinctly and I just – like I've never heard it against it, but it's like, well, that's weird. Like there's the, – so they just tried all different – they must have had Hackman in that booth for a long time just coming up with different uh, tags on that scene. Yeah, and there's another version that shows Superman like destroying the fortress uh, after like all this, and it's like he's standing out. Him and Lois are standing away from the fortress, and he uses, I guess, his heat vision or some unknown uh, fortress destroying vision power to destroy the fortress. So, and then you have to ask, and I can't remember uh, the different versions because they're not available officially. This is the only official version besides the Donner cut available. So I don't know what version it is. I don't know if it was the ABC version or the international cut because they're very similar, but I think there's a few extra scenes here and there and one or the other, you know, that, you know, I don't know if he destroyed it after the police came and got Lex and the the zoners in that version, or he literally just destroyed the fortress with Mm -hmm. the minute to make sure that they were dead for sure. So, (laughs) and that's that, (laughs) that's that. I mean, we're kind of going back to that territory with the, the George Reeves series where those those two people figure out Superman's secret identity, he leaves him on a mountaintop in the snow, and he says, I'll bring you food and and, and water, but you gotta stay here from now on, you know, basically. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah, it's it's really interesting. That's why I kind of feel like, you know, we've got to this point in this version of the film, and it's like, you know, you hear Lex talking, but you don't see him. I mean, it shows Superman and Lois flying away, so did they did they call the authorities to come pick Lex up there? I mean, why would you leave Lex in the fortress? You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just, uh, it, it, it's just one of those, again, it's, it's kind of grandfathered in. We don't think about it, but if it was another, if it was a modern film that ended this murkily, oh, man. Oh. <laughs> people, people be having a field day with it. You know, I yeah. mean, it's, it's like, you know, after about a week, people are like, you know, some things I didn't have that feeling, but some people are like, Hey, wait a minute. This didn't make any sense in Endgame, you know? Right. And, right. and then it's all of a sudden, Oh, I hate it now because of that, you know, yeah. oh, so, the tweet so. storms. Oh, the tweet. Storms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so we don't know the real answer folks, but you know, it's open to which version you're watching and, and uh, but yeah, so maybe Superman let the Phantom Zone villains die. We know Lex actually does return in the series, so right. Lex is in prison in in Superman Four. So uh, we do know that that Lex survived, of course. But uh, and we get Lex and then Lenny. So yeah, uh, <laughs> maybe he maybe he should have died at the Fortress of Solitude. Maybe he should have been more merciful. Yeah, and now Lenny is Lex, which is just weird. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we then cut to the Metropolis skyline and a shot of tiny Superman and Lois flying home. Lois marvels at the sights and laments that she'll never get to fly with Superman again. He tells her he can, she can fly with him anytime, and then she assures him that his secret is safe with her. So that's how these minutes end. Rob, we've just reached the dramatic conclusion of the Phantom Zone saga. It's all over but the crying at this point, honestly. <laughs> My question to you is... Uh, does it end uh, – I mean, look, we we both love this movie, obviously. That's why we're doing this show. But does that see, does that thing with the Phantom Villains end too quickly? Like when I watch it again, it's like, boy, they really get – they really get taken away very fast. Like Zod, Zod's thing is great. The crunch of the hand, that's wonderful. But Nan just dies like a bitch. 
And then, yeah. I mean, Ursa, and actually the Ursa death is pretty good too, but like these three villains are dispatched incredibly quickly. And I just wonder for a movie that's two hours long, is, is that enough of a buildup? You know, I mean, nowadays, no. I mean, nowadays there, there would be 19 endings where Superman peers over the edge and Zod comes out and, rah, you know, there would be that. And all the, they, it would just keep going forever. But I mean, I, I sometimes I do wonder, just like, is this, just all get wrapped up just like a little too quickly? I don't know. How do you feel about it? I think it does, especially in this cut, because I think – see, I watch the ABC cut so much where it does show the police come and get them that right. it kind of opens it up to, okay, well, maybe, just maybe, they could come back and get their powers back at some point. So it's like they're not totally – maybe not completely finished, you know? So that kind of lessens the blow of this going a little too quickly, and I think it does. I think – I mean, yeah, you can go overboard with, I mean, like if, like you said, if Zod, Superman looked over the edge and he grabs his foot or something and, Zod, and Superman has to say, I have had enough of you, you know, <laughs> kicks it back in again. But, that would be but, awesome. Uh, yeah, it would be awesome. But, uh, but <laughs> we're a couple of years ahead of that. But, uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it, is, it is over a little quickly. I, but, I mean, we did have, you know, the, the huge fight uh, in Metropolis, so – uh, that that's kind of like the big, you know, that's the big huge set piece of the film. That's true. So this, is, this is more like an epilogue almost kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I mean, you do. It, it, it's it's a little. We're so used now to you know them saving that huge moment for the very very end of the film. Uh, you know, and I mean, then there's just I mean the you know we would have went straight from the big battle to what we're going to get in the next segment. You know, we wouldn't right. have had this this. Kind of now we're, we're 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 ramping down. Now we just go from you know epic battle and end game to spoiler warning funeral. You know, so now that's what <laughs> that's what we do now nowadays. You know, that's how these action movies and comic book movies in particular are done. After the big blue beam, you know, it's right. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it is kind of strange though, and I I, I see your point. I, I do see your point. Yeah. But it, again, I, I that's barely it barely bothers me just because again the Zod. Hand crunching is so wonderful. It's just yeah. so perfect. It's just, you know. And 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 uh, we talked about this in uh, the previous episode. But like post Dark Knight, you know, Batman has always been, you know, turned into like the thinker, the planner, and Superman's kind of the, you know, dumb guy, uh, or not as not as bright as Batman. And I I never like that. I don't I don't oh, think no. that's fair to Superman. And I like this angle. I like that Superman outthinks them. He realizes he can't outmuscle them, so he outthinks them. Great. Yep. That's awesome. That is what I want a hero to do. And I, and I love that he knows Luthor to the point to know that he can't trust Luthor. Uh, right. And I know that he, you know, that's a great plan. There's a, it reminds me, there's a scene in a, one of my favorite movies of all time, Jackie Brown, the Quentin Tarantino movie, where mm-hmm. uh, in that movie you've got Samuel L. Jackson is in a relationship with Bridget Fonda, and he's in business with Robert De Niro, and then later on, Bridget Fonda basically goes to Robert De Niro and tries to, like, say, hey, let's double-cross Samuel L. Jackson. And then later on, you have Samuel L. Jackson saying, I knew she would do that. I knew, yeah. I knew Melanie would do that because Melanie going to be Melanie. And it's like – so he kind of knows that he can't trust her, but he can trust her not to be able to trust her, which right. I love that. I love, and so I love that <laughs> Superman knows – Lex Luthor is not trustworthy, so if I tell him something, he will turn on me, and that's what I want him to do. That's a great moment. Right, because if Superman, I mean, in the fact that 
he's if they had just overheard him telling Lex, which they of course could Superman himself didn't care if they heard him, you right. know, because right. uh, that's the whole, you know, he didn't care if they used their super hearing because he wants them to hear about it. But by having Lex hear it and then say, Oh, don't go in there. It's a trap. You know, that, that doubles down on them blaming, Oh, I see what you were trying to do to yep. us, you know? Yep. And then, and then they, then he's got them really fooled. And yeah, I agree. This is, you know, this and Superman, you know, before, you know, and I, you know, like as Michael Bailey will point out before he was all angry, red eyes of anger, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, that, that was the thing Superman would, you know, think his way out of problems in every issue of Superman and action. And, and, you know, I mean, he didn't, he, he, I honestly didn't even use brute force that much, you know, mm-hmm. really. So, I mean, this is, this is the Superman. This is a very earth one Superman solution uh, to, yep. to this, to this problem. And uh, yeah, it fits, it fits, you know, finger lasers and cellophane S's aside, <laughs> which I, they don't, the cellophane S doesn't bother me. No, honestly. No. But, but, uh, but that aside, this is a very, this is a very uh, true to the comics ending. I mean, this is, this, this makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, the only difference is, is that Superman would have, you know, grabbed the Phantom Zone projector and zapped him back in there, you know, right. or something. Oh, you so. could totally see this whole sequence being drawn by Kurt Swan. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely could. Yeah. Oh, if only we'd had a, an adaptation of it, you know. So. Uh, I know. Uh. <laughs> Dang you, Puzo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so is that all we got on, on these fantastic and very important minutes of this movie i think so i mean like I said it's it's one of the great you know it's one of the great conclusions of all time and it, it is amazing when i was doing the notes for this i was like wow this whole moment is just this scene this is it like this is we're we're going to cover this in just one episode this whole moment it's amazing how fast it goes but yeah it's a it's a great denouement to the to the build-up that we've got to this point agree agree uh, okay, so we're going to sign off now, but be sure to check out the other fine shows on our network on firewaterpodcast.com, including several Rob hosts and several I hosts. He hosts more than me, but who's counting? I... <laughs> not a contest, Chris. It's not, it's not a contest. If you'd like to support the network financially and help us pay our server fees and such so we can continue to bring you more content like this, you can click on the Patreon link on our page or go to Patreon slash Podcast. You can make a one-time donation or better yet, a monthly one, and there are different levels and rewards to choose from. You can make us do stuff we don't want to, like maybe we can, you know, maybe we add a pledge to – this is what we should do. We should add a pledge level to get Rob to do a full Superman 4 movie minute. Chris, <laughs> what? you did not clear that with me. You were going to say that on the air. What is the matter with you? There, no, 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 no. There is no, no. There is no level of Patreon support. That we could achieve that will make me do Superman 4 Movie Minute. <laughs> That's you know? why I said it. Because uh, I knew you wouldn't do it. That's why I said it. <laughs> Chris, you poisonous snake. <laughs> we should – let's end this on a high note. Uh, we should thank the people who uh, sponsored this particular show. So big thanks to David Gallagher and Henry Bernstein who asked to be name-checked on Superman Movie Minute. Thanks for the support, fellas. Uh, but no, I'm not doing Superman 4 Movie Minute. I don't care how much money we make. I'm not doing it. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do that. I am the for the sake. We'd love to read your read your comments on Superman Two uh, movie uh, over at uh, I said Superman Two movie over at Superman Two at FirewaterPodcast.com. You can leave us a review in iTunes or whatever they call it this week if you're so inclined. Thanks as always to Pete the Retailer and Alex Robinson for welcoming us into the Movie by Minute family and allowing us to use their format. Be sure to check out all the great movie shows at MoviesByMinute.com. Join our never-ending battle here next week on Superman 2 Movie Minute as the adventure continues. Bye. I'm not doing it.
afternoon, Mr. President. Sorry I've been away so long. I won't let you down again. I'm not doing it.